0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another version of our podcast here, Fan Fuel Motorsports Podcast, the f- the podcast where fans fuel talk about motorsport. Uh, tonight, uh, we've got myself, Alex Harrington, as always, with Colton Cranmore, Nathan Ball, and some guy who's been missing for a little bit, Jared Bakhiza. Jared, where you been, man? Yeah, who's uh, the absolutely. new
1: guy?
2: Uh, you know, lots of work. Lots and lots and lots and lots of work, but... I'm glad I'm back. I got to go to two races. I got to go to the Richmond race and the Bristol race back-to-back. Three weekends, three days of the weekend off So I traveled on the Fridays, worked all those other days to make up for the days I missed, and I finally found time to get back at it. I couldn't make the last two Thursday shows because I have junior high football games that I've been at, and I can't really miss out on those. But either way, wait, is my volume up? Do you, need, do you need me to be louder? Or? You're
1: good. <laughs> okay. All
2: right. Oh, well, yeah. Any, anyways, I'm glad I'm back. I got to enjoy some short track racing. Admit, uh, got to go to two short track races so far. I might try to hit the Martinsville one in a couple weeks. We'll see, see if that actually happens. But like I said, I'm glad I'm back. Got to meet up with some friends from other podcasts down at the Bristol race. And hopefully I get to meet all of you guys soon. I still have yet to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, so obviously we're gonna get into Dega mode a little bit later, but I mean, you know, I, I was at the Dega race, but I've never been to a short track or anything like that as far as NASCAR. Um what was the experience like at Richmond and Bristol?
2: It was actually it was pretty electric, honestly. The since the Richmond race was on September eleventh, they did a really cool tribute before the race and it just gave you goosebumps and like, man, this is awesome. The crowd was I thought it was a pretty packed crowd. I don't know if it was sold out. I don't think they didn't say anything about sellout, but like where I was sitting in the front grandstand, I was sat probably about the start finish line was a little like a couple sections over. And then there was me, but it was pretty sick because they had uh, all the first responders were out there. They were doing the pace laps with the with the uh, cars, and then they had the flyover jets right after the national anthem. They were doing laps around up in the air while the pace laps were going on I'm like hey, this is awesome this is pretty awesome then we got i got to see really good short track race like that was like an old school richmond race like there wasn't a lot of wrecks in that race There was tire wear so that was overall a good race and obviously the bristol race that you guys talked about a couple weeks ago that was a really good that was an old school nascar race there also so just with all the Things happening cumbers and goers and then there's that controversy at the end of the race which i actually got a great view of because where my seats were at like directly in front of me was that pit road area where that was all happening because i remember they, they, they were talking about oh, kyle larson's the winner and no one really cared about that because everyone was focusing on what was happening on pit road and they showed it on the big screen like as we were leaving like they were sho- they were showing that uh how Harvick and elliot were talking in the garage, and then they just cut—they just cut away back, like, "Hey, we're here in Victory Lane to interview Kyle Larson," and everyone's like, "Ooh, tro- per- turn it back, turn it back!" Like, nobody even cared that Larson even won the race, and it was one of those races where I think it's funny because no one really remembers the winner, and there's a lot of those races in the past that you look back at and like, "Oh, who even won that race?" Because of all the controversy that's happening, like post-race, you know, like. We can go back to like the 2008 Richmond race. Everyone probably forgets that Clint Boyer won that race or yep. the, the uh, Texas race with Brad Kozlowski and Jeff Gordon fighting like Jimmy Johnson won that race, but nobody really cared because of all that stuff that was going on. So, yeah, just, I got to see two really good races back to back old school racing, And then Colton got disappointed with that Las Vegas race to follow, follow up those two good weeks.
3: Yeah. Yeah don't, yeah, don't remind me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm so, so actually, if you think
0: me. about it, so the last, what, five out of the last six races Fan has been represented at, Nathan was at Daytona, and then I was at Talladega this past weekend, of course, you were at Bristol and Richmond, and then Colton was at Vegas, so all we had to do was send so, someone to Darlington, and we would have had a streak
2: of six yeah. straight weeks. Who's going to who's going the Roval this weekend? I mean?
0: My I would if ago. Talladega was not beside it. If they weren't two weeks in a row, I would definitely be going to the Roval. That so is I the biggest thing for
3: me. Buddies that went to Darlington and a buddy going to the Roval, and I think one going to Kansas. So we might, I mean, between us and the connections, we might at least have nine just in the, a group of like six people. Yeah,
0: so we, we've got a far reach. Don't don't think that you can't find us at a racetrack. You'll know based on uh, what we say on Twitter or not, but we want to meet some guys. I know this weekend I met some people at Talladega, uh, Jarrett Lundberg, or as you guys know him, the Iceberg on YouTube, along with the guys from Left Turn Colt and Chair Gaten, uh, who have been on the podcast, uh, Matt uh, Rattlesnake, Texas, and then also uh, Dalton Good. So that was really fun. But Jared, you said you meet, met some people at Bristol. Who did you wind up running into?
2: I met pretty much almost everyone. I got to meet all of Left Turn Call minus Parv. I got to meet uh, Chair Gaiden minus Rattlesnake. I got to meet some other friends of like the friends of the podcast that I know that are always commenting on there. I got to meet my friend Vince Brent who makes graphics also like I do. So that was pretty neat. I got a picture with Corey the Joy. Hell yeah i did yeah i actually it was actually kind of funny because like they had like the fan stage or whatever and he was doing like a, one of those q a sessions or whatever and i so happened to like time it out right i had to go to the bathroom i came back and you know i saw some i decided to just hang out behind the stage and like he might come back here and sure enough he came back there got a autograph from him, a picture with him and it was pretty neat michael walter i also got to see michael walter too so that was he came he was around backstage also and then post-race i've found this was new too because i went with i was uh, i sat up with uh, cooper and jacob from left turn call and we actually found they they're usually at bristol all the time and we found this one area it's like the back part of turn four i'd like to say or turn three wherever wherever all the cars go out to leave and the haulers go out to leave that that area that goes out to like the campgrounds or whatever said those guys have never even like known about that area but we got we went there post-race and we were able to see like all the drivers go by in their golf carts and some of them stopped like michael michael mcdowell actually stopped because cooper had uh one of those uh three by five uh daytona 500 champion flags and he got he actually actually got that signed by michael mcdowell so that was pretty that was pretty awesome michael michael thought that was pretty awesome i'm sure like there's probably not a lot of people that (laughs) that big of michael mcdowell fans you know nothing against him at all but that was nice that he saw. we probably made his day after after that
3: yeah michael mcdowell's probably signed like 26 autographs his entire career i'm pretty sure he signed one for me in like 2016 or 2017
0: yeah that's kind of that's kind of sad but i mean he's the daytona 500 champion now so
2: (laughs) yeah he is yeah i also say that bristol was very uh harsh on my wallet as a spent so much money because there are so many of those like gypsy vendor tents around there i don't know how many was out at talladega was there a decent amount down there alex
0: yeah so there there's always gypsy tents down there they actually have some right off the interstate and then Mm -hmm. there's a gas station like a mile from the track in between the interstate and there, kind of like cattywampus to the short track and then there's more even closer to the uh, racetrack right across from Speedway Boulevard. It's actually a lot over there. Did
2: yep. you, spend, did you spend a lot of money there? Or?
0: I did not. My dad came home with two full bags of new diecasts and a couple of other things. Oh, so, um, you know, whenever we, we uh, show his collection off, you, you guys will be able to see all that. Yeah. Uh,
1: two, he came two home feet. with
3: another like 30 diecasts. Oh, I thought those were
2: shoes. Nope, that's all. Uh, it's like,
4: where the fuck do you buy shoes down there? <laughs> <laughs> that's all diecast. That yeah, yeah, I pre-ordered some online. Hell yeah! Oh, you got some old ones too. Yeah, so, uh, this, this one. I guess on the top, sick, I can diecast. Man. If y'all want. Um, ooh,
0: ooh, okay. That's, that's pretty cool. I don't that's see. neat. I don't even know when that race or that was it's raced.
2: JL like Jarrett's um, final win, maybe. Or? No, it's like whatever his it's golf. Okay. It's a golf. The golf ski, Arnold Palmer. Cool. Arnold Palmer, fifty huh. years. This was on the top. Two, might
0: just be a show car,
4: even.
2: That's interesting. Two thousand.
4: If you don't want that Bubba Wallace McDonald's win, you're going to have to pre-order it really fast because it's expected to be the, the top selling diecast of the year.
2: These were like one dollar. I got too many of them. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to show off all these because I'll get too into that.
3: But <laughs> I pre. We'll have we'll have a diecast episode this off season.
2: Yeah, yeah march- we're definitely
4: going to have to do I that. ordered, like, I'm going to pre-order, like, three of them. So, I'm going to, like, come September, I'll be, like, $300 in the hole. I don't know what that's going to happen.
2: Actually, last, last, thing I'll show, last thing I'll show off, too, just because it's a nice flex. I got an old Kyle Bush pit crew shirt. Oh, huh.
4: well,
1: yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. I actually got to – to um, uh, RCR back in the day would sell off crew shirts at the pit box, and I actually got one from a Paul Menard shirt nice. um, in, like, from, like, 2011. And it was, it was, it was pretty neat. So uh, don't get that thing dirty and don't wear
2: yeah.
0: it. <laughs> I def- I, yeah, I definitely. Try to get uh, that sh- signed. I
2: might, I might try to do that. I, I'm also still looking, I didn't see, I was really looking for Kyle Bush's rookie year jacket that is still on my hunting list to find. But I will literally, if anyone listening to this has or knows someone who has that, I will pay a good amount of money to get that. I'll even trade in that CarQuest one for it just because I really want that rookie year Jacket hanging up there next to the championship one in 2015. But yeah. yeah if you 15. got
0: that jacket, give Jared a, 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 P, a PM or I should say a DM at like PKJerry9 yeah. on yeah. Twitter. Um, so, Colton That's Nathan, uh, with, uh, with this pretty much little open segment before we get into the nitty gritty of Talladega and the weekend that was, do you guys have anything to, to say?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the topic of sponsor plugs, I want to say that I pre-ordered the Bubba Wallace win because they said it would be like the highest selling diecast in the last few years. So, might as well get it now before it becomes like $500, like some of those Jimmy Johnson diecasts and whatnot. And I've been to McDonald's three times in the last four days, including right now. Hell so yeah. So, I'll probably be eating McDonald's periodically in between you guys talking, so...
2: The brand. I'm a
4: believer in sponsorship and I'm definitely a sucker for it.
2: We actually stopped support. by uh
0: McDonald's on the way home from Talladega and until we were discussing it pre-show, I didn't even realize that we were supporting Bubba's sponsor because I was like, Wait a minute, you know.
4: Everybody's I think, getting you no, know, I, I didn't put two and two like, together. Even the McDonald's accounts in on it, like they're 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 happy.
1: Oh
3: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they need to uh they need to do a Bubba Wallace meal like they did with a Travis Scott and call it the number yeah. 23.
1: Yeah. yeah, they should do. Okay, so Fry I'll August.
0: have a follow-up question, Colton, and we can all chime in on this. Um, what do you think Bubba Wallace's favorite meal is? What would be the number 23?
1: Ooh.
3: Something to do with nuggets. I would bet nuggets and – Sir. Yeah, maybe like a, a hot and spicy in McDouble. You could just – I mean, enough people order that. You could just call it the Bubba Wallace, right? <laughs> Yeah. I would think yeah. so with nuggets though. I'm gonna say
4: Boba Strikes me a nugget guy. I'm gonna say it's nuggets. like a ten piece McNugget, uh fries and like a double cheeseburger or something.
3: <laughs> and a Dr. Pepper.
4: Yeah, and also yeah. while we're at it, um on the topic of McDonald's, they should do something for like the fry boxes because their his paint scheme is literally called Fry Box if you follow their accounts. Like they should put his number on like the French fry containers. Or something that. Like, put like a twenty three yeah. or something.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, back large on the topic, fries, I think large fries come in a race car. The
1: oh, that would be good. Awesome. You put oh, the fries in with your oh. style, pretty
0: dope. So you could imagine, like you're getting your number twenty three meal or the Bubble Wallace special or whatever they want to call it, and you got you got like a a, a race car uh, like mug oh, to awesome. put your like chocolate shake in, and then you got a Dr Pepper on the side with a Dr Pepper koozie, and then you got a, a oh. freaking. Uh, uh, yep. McDonald's hood y'all forgot that'd to be awesome to for food. the fries
2: heck even if they put it on like the drink containers and stuff like the drinks mm-hmm. or whatever because I remember I have like the old uh, Jamie McMurray McDonald's things whatever that me and my dad used to always get at McDonald's after the races and that'd be even something like that like it's not that hard to for them to do that yeah.
0: well it's not like they didn't put you know cars and stuff in the happy meals uh in in the old days I mean the mac tonight car was was one that I've got from when I was a kid and it was a, it's not really a good die cast, but it's just like a cheap hot wheels that was in a Mm -hmm. happy meal. And um, I think they did that for Jimmy Spencer way back in the day too. And um, and that's something that they could definitely do to get kids more into the, to the sport. It's not like they don't put hot wheels in there every other month anyways.
4: Yeah. there's a restaurant I used to go to as a kid. It's still there. They, They do car meets, bike, bike weeks, all that kind of stuff. It's basically like a racing themed restaurant. Down here, and like their kids' meals. When I was a little kid,
2: would come in like a race car shaped
4: box. Oh, so cool. I don't, I don't know why they're not doing this. It has right. to be done. Tons yeah,
0: of them. like Happy Wheels or something instead of Happy Meals.
3: Bingo! Bro, it's,
4: that's a <laughs> 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 it's like, that's trademark, bro.
3: that's trademark. McDonald's hire us. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now, that, bro, even do you guys. Do, Happy what,
3: a
1: game?
2: do you guys even remember the? Uh, do you remember the dinner boxes McDonald's used to do? Is that you guys ever heard of that or remember that?
3: No, we were
2: four uh, growing up. Oh, man. They used to do this. It was called a dinner box or whatever. It was like $12 or something. It came with like two burgers, nuggets, fry, like four fry like four small fries or four medium fries. It came with like a 10-piece nugget, two cheeseburgers or something. I, I don't completely remember, but like you could do some sort of like uh box or something actually have that as like the car, you know, like even something, you know, like even put together, like something like this that I got at a... Uh, richmond yeah you know, some, some some sort of box design like that and then you could have all your stuff inside of there like look at that you could do something like that
0: yeah i mean and that'd be good for especially for kids meals and stuff man mcdonald's really should sp- sponsor us we should just be a marketing team for all the nascar sponsors that's yeah, all we should we do yes. now yep. please hire yeah. us <laughs> Uh, on the topic of sponsorship, hell, let's let's go ahead and get into it. So we wanted to talk today a little bit about um, some some, I guess, long term sponsors that we kind of enjoy in the uh, in the um, in the sport. I can't I can't with Jared putting on the helmet right now.
3: There you go, hell yeah, <laughs> looking like speed racer.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, racer X. Or it would be racer mac because he's got the mcdonald's on there his helmet go. so uh yeah racer so i mean other than mcdonald's and of course jared's favorite uh probably sponsored the mars company i mean what are some what are some big sponsors that we've we've uh looked into you know over the past few decades as being really good for the sport
1: um, oh my god
2: i'll be Most biased I'll, I'll be biased i'll just say that mars is done even but not even because of kyle bush mars has always done a really good job with their marketing like you go all, all the way back to like ernie urban in the 36
1: and like elliot Sadler, whatever they
2: always had like super good m M&M m schemes whether it's like the halloween themed or the snickers schemes or even the pedigree scheme Pedigree combos all those different like marketing like brands that they have on the mars company like they always do a really good job with that and like, even kind of wish like the past couple years you know like one year he will be in the Hazelnut car last year was the fudge brownie car this year was the m m's mix you know you can go back all the way to like the pretzel M&M's and yes. pretzel yes M mms all they always have like a halloween halloween scheme they used to do the pink scheme in October that kind of died off after like two years, but either, the red, white, and blue, that's always on the Coke 600. I always know he's going to be in that red, white, and blue M&M's car. So they do M&M's just always done, has always done a really good job at marketing. And like I said, even before Kyle Busch, so I'm not being biased. Like Elliot Sadler had some really good M&M's. Heck even David Gilland had some good M&M schemes. Oh yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah, i agree with that.
3: Um, yeah, m is definitely one that comes to mind. And um, I think of M&M's sponsor cars, of course, I think Kyle Busch, but I also think Ken Schrader, because he was kind of the guy when I was a little kid. Um, but I'm going to go another JGR sponsor. Interstate Batteries is another Ooh, one that really sticks so out to best. me. They've been around with Joe Gibbs. Right. They run a couple races a year, and they always have they always have some fire paint schemes. Except the zebra. Um, except yeah. the zebra. Yep. Yeah, except the zebra. But that twenty eleven Kyle Busch Interstate Batteries is one of the GOATs. The white one. Um, yeah, the white one. See that one too. I like that one. Um, the white one's one of my favorites. Um, they had that iconic brown kind of interstate battery scheme. Uh, that's one of the uh, most expensive die casts you can find everywhere.
2: Oh, um, is that the is that the gold is that the gold yeah. one
3: yeah, the bronze the, uh, okay. the gold, yeah. yeah it so ran at, I think twenty thirteen at Dega yep yeah,
2: all, yeah. all battery center that was pretty, i like that scheme. yep never yep. did good Balanced. but i liked it
3: yeah that's one of my favorites and i mean they're a flagship sponsor for jgr for the better part mm-hmm. of 15 years um so that's got to be worth something i just want to do a plug real quick the chair gating rattlesnake sent me my Yeats.
2: Ooh. yeets <whistles> oh did you finally Man. get them
1: Fly. oh
0: so I'm gonna call out I'm gonna call out you, Colton, for this. So Matt and I actually had a conversation about how you haven't got your yeats yet. So mm-hmm. he said that you kept sending him the wrong address and then you denied it and said it was the right address. So the first pair actually got lost. So those aren't the ones that you won.
3: No, are well these ready. aren't. These are ones that he ordered for me. He could say that I sent him the wrong address all he wants. Oh. I put that address in to dozen I get mail here. I've gotten packages. Um, never had a problem so with your package. Uline is. If you work in a warehouse, they send boxes. That's the exact same address so I gave line Got here in three days.
1: Yeah, I had. It works for everyone else. Didn't
3: work for Matt. Doesn't matter now. Yeah. Problem solved. I know what my house number is. All right.
2: Must be a Texas <laughs> thing.
3: You sure? I'm. I'm pretty positive. I'll. I'll DM it to you. Send me something. See if it gets here.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah I just I wanted can... to say something because one of the. One of the first things that he said when we met up at Talladega was that. He was like, man, Colton is his fucking
3: Yeats. <laughs> I want I them. Man, I, I put yeah. in a lot of work to get those. Yeah.
1: But didn't you win that like I that one oh,
3: Those, but these, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: so, so for me, I'm going to go with another JGR sponsor and its competitor. So I think um, – Along the lines, we've had some pretty good sponsorship from um, the Home Depot uh, at JGR, and eventually, they, you know, they they went out of uh, the sport. But then also, their competitor Lowe's. Um, I think those are two of the most iconic sponsors that we've had. Lowe's stuck f- for for many years with Jimmy Johnson. Also, was on the Bush car for uh, Kyle Bush and I don't know. I mean. When you think of the forty-eight, you think of Lowe's. You don't really think of Ally, which is which is kind of changing uh, with them continuing with the forty-eight uh, on Alex Bowman, but but Lowe's coming in, sponsoring a whole racetrack, um, having stuff to do at the track. I never saw Lowe's do, but Home Depot for me was a great sponsor because they always had um, the speed stage was. Powered by Home Depot, and they had a kids section too. I remember being a kid, and they would always have these little um, stations where you would make wooden race cars, and you'd have simple little tools and stuff, and you put the wheels on, put stickers on to make it look like Joey Logano or Tony Stewart's cars, and it was just oh, it especially. was it was a great way to get kids into the sport from a not yeah. really kid centric sponsor. So I thought that that those two sponsors kind of just resonate with me. Um, so Nathan, what about you?
4: Um, I got two different, they're not like specific brands, but they're specific. Like They're specific things. And first one's obviously motor oil paint schemes, like Valvoline, Pennzoil, etc. cetera. Um, you see all these paint schemes. They're super marketable. They're very like simple colors that they've stuck with forever. Um, you can go into like a service center for like a Pennzoil or a Jiffy Lube or whatever. And you'll see, you'll see like stuff on the wall. You can go to like a Valvoline instant oil change. You'll see stuff on the wall and like they do a lot of marketing for racing that that really sticks out because you can see it anywhere you go. And the same goes for like beer companies. Um, Let's see. Miller Coors is one. They used to do matching paint schemes with IndyCar and NASCAR for probably a good 15, 20 years until they left IndyCar. Um, You go to a bar like sometimes you'll see neon lights with like the Rusty Wallace number on it and stuff and the Dale Jr. Budweiser for Anheuser busch um, like they've been in all sorts of racing. They've they've kind of become iconic with their colors. Even the Busch cars right now are becoming just as iconic as the Budweiser ones for Anheuser busch So they I remember I'm sponsoring Williams F1 as a kid. They've sponsored any car that's NASCAR. Um I don't know why, but motor oil and beer are like the two things that stick out to me in racing. Just because I can see them everywhere. Like I cannot go to a race and not have at least one of those things on a car.
2: Heck, you can go to a bar or something. You always see yeah. like old school light. lights.
4: Yeah. There's like a Dale Jr. neon light and stuff.
3: All sorts of bars. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean even. If-
3: like especially in Wyoming, if you go to liquor stores here, every single one of them has something Rusty Wallace, something Brad Kozlowski, Dale Jr., yeah, Reverend Harvick, harvick on the
4: wall. Yeah. Stuff in the, the grocery stores like if you go to the beer section, like they'll have like a cardboard car. You guys have a right. beer section at the grocery store?
1: Yeah. 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 It's
4: called Publix.
3: You don't? No, it's
0: illegal. Yeah, Publix on. is actually pretty cool because you can get a six
4: pack and create your own for twelve ninety nine.
2: Oh, that's sick. We have that too.
3: Can't do that in Wyoming.
4: I actually got a Brad Keselowski cardboard cutout at home because there was like a department, or not like a department store. It was like a corner store that was closing down, and they said something along the lines of like, "Hey, does anybody want this cardboard cutout sitting in the corner?" And I'm like, "I'll take it for five bucks." So I've got a life-size cutout sticking that's on my nice. wall at home.
2: You need to bring it there. See, so I have I have Jeff Burton peeking around there. I see
4: oh, yeah. the car on the back, the Rusty Wallace car
1: on the mm-hmm. shelf.
0: Yeah, and. I was going to say something about the cutouts that, that you have there, Jared. Basically, that's kind of something interesting that I've noticed, um, not just in stores, but kind of like in in restaurants, like themed restaurants, like, you know, your Applebee's or your, your Texas Roadhouse, um, you know, any of those chilies, anything like that. It seems to be a kind of trendy, especially around a racetrack market. To have NASCAR stuff on the wall, I mm-hmm. specifically remember uh, at home our Zaxby's had a massive, uh, like, collection of like sixty or so gold-plated NASCAR collectible cards from the '90s, some Dale Earnhardt stuff and, and elsewhere. So it's not like we're just seeing this stuff at the corner store because mm-hmm. it's just a beer sponsor. So I think it's it's interesting how. I guess it went from being just a sponsorship thing to kind of like a,
4: I don't know, a, a trendy thing to do as well.
1: Yeah. Like oh, yeah, I can good. see,
4: um, like like Jared said in the comment section, like there's Logano merchant, i not merchandise. I say there's Logano wow. stuff. If you go to like the motor oil aisle of any like big stores, or to the, the service centers themselves, you'll see. I've seen, um, I've just seen things everywhere for like motor oil. Or bigger. It's just ridiculous. Like you'll see, um, I saw an Alex Bowman thing in
2: a Valve instant oil change a few months ago. So, yeah, I saw saw some Ryan Blaney stuff at AutoZone actually. That was,
4: yeah. So,
0: you know, uh, it's kind of interesting because we're talking about sponsorship activation within, you know, race weekends and stuff, but sometimes. You get used to seeing stuff like still, even if you go buy a peak antifreeze now, it's got the fifteen mwr car on it. Yeah, sometimes, but exactly. so like, like some of these stuff leave a lasting impact on Look, on on my the King, King, on a, King on a, on Kingsford
2: box. Kingsford, charcoal. Kingsford charcoal, Kingsford charcoal. They yeah, saw it my, like, got still got
3: oh, the yeah. two thousand three Stacy Compton fifty nine <laughs> on the Kingsford charcoal. Yeah, yeah my, my sport
4: clips has an Eric Jones poster on the wall.
3: Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, we know they're around for a long time, right? Some of the guys we've listed. But what about the effects that the sponsors have given us throughout the sport? Um, Some of them are really good sponsors, bringing a lot of money. Some of them are cursed sponsors. We saw a curse break this last weekend with McDonald's. The last win before Bubba Wallace's Monday for McDonald's was Jimmy Spencer in 1994. That's... I mean, almost 30 years without a win for a title-sponsored car. They sponsored Bill Elliott through the late 90s. Um, I mean, they sponsored cars in the late 2000s. Jamie McMurray, they sponsored Kyle Larson. Tons of cars since then. Some sponsors are just bad luck, guys.
4: Yeah, and I guess on the topic of that, um, I don't know if you guys are on, like, any social media forms of NASCAR, but you'll see this conspiracy pop up every time. And people always say, you know, McDonald's, They wanted to leave the sport in the nineties because they weren't getting results. And then all of a sudden, as soon as that happens, Jimmy Spencer pops off two wins in the super speedway tracks, Daytona, Talladega, and they've never looked back since. And I just thought it was fishy because Jimmy Spencer never won another race after that, even though he went to similar caliber teams and, and whatnot. And people always say, you know, NASCAR did something to help McDonald's out and keep them in the sport. And I just thought it was interesting because, if they were threatening to leave the sport back then, then why didn't they leave it after all these years and not winning?
2: Yeah, that's something that was kind of touched on in the Dale Jr. download with Jimmy Spencer because, like, Dale had Jimmy on the show just because he kind of called out the conspiracy or whatever that NASCAR leaked the race for Junior, and then I think he threw the shade, like, well, what about your uh, Daytona win? You know, was that card legal or whatever? They, they kind of touched a little bit on that, so... There is kind of something There probably is a conspiracy on that. So it's not like it's completely false or fake or anything. Like it's definitely something that can be talked about and you can make an argument for.
3: Yeah, yeah, and hey, Jimmy even said in that that uh, episode that he was or he thought the junior race was rigged in the in two thousand one Pepsi four hundred because he had seen behind the curtain and he knows what goes on in NASCAR. Um, especially at that time, he said there was a lot of fishy stuff going on and then trying to rig races, whether or not that's true, we don't know. Cause obviously Jimmy Spencer's got kind of a loud mouth on him. Um, but I mean, it kind of, it kind of makes you wonder if that didn't plant the seed back in
0: 1994. Yeah. Um, and a good question, uh, that I guess Nathan kind of brought up was why, why was McDonald's still around, um, you know, for 27 years without having any success. Um, now, I don't know uh, if they'd had success in the lower series. I know they sponsored a couple races for like uh, Bill Elliott when he drove for KHI, a couple races and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't think they even had success in Xfinity or trucks. So, what does that say about NASCAR as a market value? And what does that say about McDonald's as? You know, just being loyal to the sport because it's not like they were ever any a list drivers. You know, after the Bill Elliott thing, you know, Bill Elliott was in his own equipment. We talked about them before on,
4: kind of on
0: the um, on the podcast and how that he basically didn't do anything for those years in the '94 car. Uh, Jamie McMurray just he rarely did anything, and when he did win those big races, he didn't win them in the donald's car so i don't know wh- what has stuck them around i mean i'd I think say that, identity
4: because like, yeah. they're probably the biggest fast food presence in nascar you know they almost have no
1: competitors anymore so
2: yeah i think that yeah basically just to go along with nate i think it's, ma- it's mainly brand awareness i mean how many mcdonald's do you ever see that's like right beside the track or within Entering the track, like if you're getting off the interstate or whatever. I feel like you know, you had a McDonald's car out there, like some kids, are, hey, we should go to McDonald's after the race if you don't want to spend a bunch of money on their regular speedway food. So I think it's mainly just that. Like it's an easy sponsor, like, yeah, we'll sponsor a couple races here and there just to get some brand awareness out there. Maybe maybe have the kids stop McDonald's on the way back. So
3: You guys are missing the point here. The hmm. reason McDonald's stuck around is not the fact that McDonald's was getting their value back in the teams and the drivers they were having. It's because at that time in the late 90s, sponsoring a car in the NASCAR Cup Series was a huge deal. That was when NASCAR was almost peak popularity. We were really starting to get in the upswing. We saw guys like Cartoon Network and John Deere sponsor race cars. Um, I mean, that was the most colorful cars of the the entire history of NASCAR because we had so many different sponsors coming in and fighting for titles. Um, that's why McDonald's stuck around is because they didn't want to lose their piece of real estate they had with Bill Elliott. Um, and that, that goes to show how good NASCAR marketing can work because they came back in the 2010s and the early or the late two thousands. Um, they came right back with Jamie McMurray. They had to have seen some type of financial value in that, um, to pay the, whatever it was that they paid for Jamie McMurray to run a part-time sponsorship with them. They were going to get that back in race fans, as we all know. Race fans are super loyal to sponsors. Um, them going to McDonald's after the race during the week when they want something to eat, passing by that Burger King, stopping at McDonald's just because they sponsor Kyle Larson. You know, that's a huge deal.
0: Yeah, and it's it's interesting because when I think of sponsorship, I think of some of these brands being you know big some even being global but most of them are some that you know it's especially lately that you might not have heard of like dow chemical the the layman might not know who or what they do uh, exalta the same thing even dupont before the name change you know you saw that on jeff gordon's car but you don't know who them who who they are marketing to or what they're for but when i think of you know McDonald's or Coke, you know who sponsors Daniel Suarez, sparringly and has the Coke family of racing drivers, you know I, I don't know ex- I mean you're saying that the real estate just, just having their name associated with the sport is all they want because they don't really need it in my opinion. They're global.
3: McDonald's doesn't need it. No, but they see a value in it.
4: Right, and that's a why value. I think that, Yeah, exactly. Like Go ahead, they Nate. they chose to do that because when the time that mcdonald's was at the peak there were competitors in nascar you'd see like the burger king cars for dei so on so forth the yum too. The and then in the late 2000s they did sponsor a little bit of champ car when four days and those four titles in a row they
1: worked with him
4: they actually in the late 2000s they sponsored like reed sorenson casey kane um and by that time all the big competitors, like fast food wise, had left. Like there was no more Young Brains in NASCAR. There was no more Burger King. Okay, there was. Sorry, BK Racing. But all that stuff is like was slowly leaving. And by the time that they left, they probably realized, hey, like we're all that's left. Like this is our stomping ground.
3: Yeah, and a good point to make is McDonald's is the leader in fast food industry. They are right. by far the top of the chain. Um, They don't want to just be a name in NASCAR. They want to be the name in NASCAR. So at that time, when they started sponsoring, uh, let's say, Jamie McMurray, um, Subway was huge into the sport. Remember, they ran those Carl Edwards and Greg Biffle ads. Um, I I think McDonald's kind of felt that they were losing NASCAR at that point. Because, I mean, and at that point, too, we we kind of got that super healthy movement, right? And people kind of forgot about McDonald's. Um, They tried to play catch up there. But, I mean, they still want to be the name in every household in the U.S. When you think of fast food, first thing that should pop in your mind is McDonald's, and that's what they were trying to keep there. They saw a huge value in that to put it on TV, even if it was run in 15th place every week.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of go back into my earlier argument about how You're talking about these big sponsors that are supposed to be in the household all, all, all all the time. You know, I talked about Lowe's and home Depot. Of course, my favorite driver and Nathan's favorite driver with FedEx. Everyone knows FedEx and stuff, but what about these obscure sponsors? Um, that we don't know. Like look behind me at the Daniel Suarez flag. They sponsored Carl Edwards in the 19 as well. Um, who is, who is heiress? You know, um, why are they there? and, 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 What did they get out of sponsoring a race car in NASCAR? Because when I think of racing, do I really think of cable modems?
2: Yeah, we can even, like, go back into – I was trying to find the tweet of it, but do you guys remember whenever, uh, you know, like random energy drinks would always sponsor, like those back markers, like the –
1: Even Amp. Yeah, Yeah. Speed Energy.
2: Speed Energy. Well, I think there was – uh, what was it? No what fear no,
1: energy. I don't know what
2: that is. No fear energy that Boris Hell said yeah. would always run. There was that other one. I think it was like Todd the Dimes in the sixty car. Oh, you rate? Right. I'm, tw- I'm trying to find the. I'm trying to find the tweet on it because I saw it a couple of days ago. I just don't remember where. It was. I
0: think that's the sixty car that I remember was a Soviet no fear
4: as well. That was the Boris said, right?
2: Yeah. There was another one. I think it was, I'd like to say it was Todd Boudin's 60 car, but I got a. I don't big red
0: soda or whatever? I, Hooters yes, had their big, own energy drink. Big, they
2: sponsored big red, that's what it was. Day. Yeah, some, something like that. I'll find a tweet and get back to you guys on that. Look at this, Brad Kestowski, sponsored by Hooters Energy Drink in the
4: Truck Series. Like, I did not know Hooters had their own energy drink.
3: Yeah, there was kind of that weird energy drink phase. Right? Like the oh, every
0: Yeah. So I mean but well,
3: okay. Obviously so,
0: competitive. Go go ahead, Colton.
3: Let me so <laughs> weird weird sponsors are good, but they're terrible too. Right? Um, they're good because that brand is getting super exposure. Can any of you tell me that you knew who Aris was before NASCAR? No, I hadn't. I Ares no modem, but I didn't. Know right, that but I've got one now, and I know exactly when I see it. Oh hey, I know who they are because of Carl Edwards and because of Daniel Suarez. Um, we the the kind of off sponsors. I think of like Ally Bank is kind of one when they took over for Jimmy Johnson. I was like, who the hell are these guys? Right, they're not. Yeah. They're not PNC. They're not any of these big name banks that I know. Um, and a bank sponsoring a NASCAR Cup car is kind of weird, um, especially because I come from the era of Budweiser. Home Depot, John Deere, yeah. um, you know it, it's it's a Viagra. little. Off. Um, yeah, I mean, even that one kind of weird, right? When I was a little kid, I, asked I don't, my, I don't know, it
0: kind of makes sense.
4: I asked yeah, my it does make sense. guy in the
0: field. So. Yeah. Why
4: is the old guy <laughs> driving the Viagra? Now? Why do you think there's commercials for all that stuff every week? It's a demographic I mean, they're targeting. the point. Yeah, and slap sheets pointed it out even after Mark Martin got that
3: Viagra uh, sponsorship. Um, death rates for men for like stuff like prostate cancer dropped. So it did something. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So good, good stat for you. Um, but I mean, we we've seen a ton of them and I could probably go through the field now and name five or six of them. Um, do you guys know who Cody where sponsor is? Nerd
4: tech. I don't know what that medicine even does. I don't know what it does. Bingo,
3: right. But we What's know who the sponsor is. And so when we see it in everyday life, we're going to register that. So I get why they do it. But in a way, it's still kind of weird because I'd yeah, still like I to see, some. I'd still like to see Spam and you know all these other natural kind right. of everyday brands out there.
0: Right. Speaking. So like, t- so I guess what you're saying is kind of it makes more sense when we think of consumer items rather than rather yeah. than these products that are for maybe maybe commercial and or or, yeah. or other specific
1: business specific
3: use. Yeah.
0: Right. So like when I look at um. When I look at. You know, unfortunately, Jeb Burton's sponsor leaving uh, Nutrien Ag Solutions is leaving. That's a good one. Who is Nutrien Ag What do they do? I don't know. I don't, you know. I don't care to research into it. That's probably why they're leaving, because they don't really grab the fan. Or Unlike, even- you know, another colleague sponsor, Leaf Filter. I mean, that just... Yeah. We all know what that does, because they're self-explanatory. So, I don't know. All brand,
4: yes. I,
0: I mean...
3: Brant is a big one. If you guys have seen Justin Allgaier, even in the Cup Series, I mean, he's always sponsored by Brant. Brant is a guy. Um, I've seen him on Facebook. I don't remember his first name, but his last name's Brant, and he's super into everything racing. Couldn't tell you what his company does. They obviously have
0: something to do with corn, right? So. Couldn't
3: even. Yeah, i mean, It's something like <laughs> that. Yeah, I couldn't even ballpark it.
4: Shoot, let's think of some weird ones. Like I am I can't think, but like Aero Electronics IndyCar. I have no idea. You know what?
3: The weirdest
0: sponsor I think I've ever seen was on the twenty-six truck maybe this weekend. Maybe it was a twenty-four truck. And it was a gynecologist. Oh yeah, I was, I was so yeah. surprised by that. That's something you'd never think you would see yeah, in a male
3: a sport. Controversy. Yeah, that's a good one. Cessna also sponsored Jamie McMurray. It's airplanes. Right, who's going to yeah. see Cessna on Jamie Murray's car and go buy a, a freaking airplane?
0: I mean, I know what they are, but I don't have money to buy an airplane. <laughs> right, so.
3: right, I mean, there's a ton of weird ones. If I sat down and thought about it for a minute, I could probably think of six or seven. Um, Brant was a good one. Cessna was a good one. Um, JGR really hasn't had a... I'm trying to think of teams now. JGR hasn't had very many. What is...
4: Um, what's a universe for Hendrix? What is that? Universe is another bank. It's a bank. It's a bank? Yeah, just
0: like Fifth Third is a bank Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, And banks, you said, was not really a common thing, um, Colton. But if I can think back to the first union bank, uh, the 40 and the 46 uh, Bush cars from way back when. Um, So that's something that's been around. You know, we've had Bell South that eventually turned into AT&T. Um, so sailor sponsors aren't really a, a part of motorsports anymore, but I mean, they were, they were a thing from, from the nineties on.
2: There's, there's a betting Kevin Harvick ran, uh, whatever that, I, I don't remember what it was. Unibet. He was like a bet. Unibet. That's what it was. He ran the Unibet <laughs> scheme at Richmond. And I had no clue what that even was until I like looked at it. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. So, you so know, was you is it
0: like a gambling site? Yeah. Basically. So kind of like the, I guess the MGM. Like Fantasy,
2: that- fantasy that- gambling, all your, those types of things. So, like, that gets in, you know, like, all, DraftKings is a sponsor of Bubble Wall as a Pope now. So, you know, those betting sites or whatever, you might start seeing some of those, like, sponsors start making, like, one-off appearances. And that's also good for the sport.
4: Yeah, we also had another one from JGR, like, three or four years ago. Like, it came out of nowhere. And they sponsored everything in the lower series. It's called IK9. It's like a police canine service. I don't know what it does, but,
1: like, oh, I they just started start sponsoring Kyle
4: Busch, like, shooting, they sponsored every community driver, and then they just left out of nowhere. Yeah,
3: Well, Jeffrey Earnhardt was the big one. I don't remember what happened there, but, yeah, I remember they, um, they midway through a race weekend, they ripped all the decals off the truck. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. They were definitely shady.
1: Yeah, there's yeah I don't know. I don't there. know if they didn't
0: pay some someone, because that's, that's a whole episode that we could do on sponsors, just not paying and stuff but uh i think uh we kind of ran out of steam with this little conversation so let's go back into the talladega stuff um we had three races on the f- you know for the fall race for the first time i think ever and uh i don't know did you guys enjoy the fact that we had a triple header before we get to the specifics of the weekend yes yeah 100 percent. yes <laughs> loved it yeah, yeah. yes yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I guess that's a unanimous yes. Um, so we'll get into it with okay. three races. So obviously we had three winners. All of them being new winners was something interesting. So we can talk about that as we get into the specifics of the race. But the truck race, I'll go ahead and throw my opinion out there. I thought this was the worst race of the weekend. I didn't think the racing was good at all. It just had a lot of big wrecks and then of course the finish there so what did you guys think what was your opinions on that truck race
2: it seemed like yeah basically like what you said it didn't seem like a truck talladega race like something just seemed off the whole racing and all all it really was was just a bunch of wrecks in the finish in my opinion and and I think there was some controversy with Kyle Busch. I don't know if you guys saw that on Twitter. He was talking about how the PA announcer came on and said, that's how the truck should look after on a finish. And Kyle Busch was like, that's a pathetic way of selling it. I don't know if you guys saw that at all. Do you see that on yeah. Twitter?
4: Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. At least I will say this. At least it was the only green flag finish of the week we got. So, like, that's that's the redeeming part about the race. Man. The, the truck race
3: was the truck race. Do we do we expect anything different out of them? No, yeah. No.
0: The truck race has been pretty good for the last, I don't remember Man. how many years I've been there, except for like 2018.
3: Yeah, 2019 I mean, was good. Clark, but-
0: Parker Clickerman winning. The trucks mm-hmm. usually put on the most boring of the races, I'll say. Um, well, no, I'd say that it would be Xfinity. So I think their trucks put on more of a procedural race. How about that? At these plate races, they, they don't really they work at mile and a halves with the arrow package, but the the plate arrow package has always just kind of been uh, like the twenty thirteen through fifteen package in Cup, where it's just one guy out in the lead going back and forth, and no one else can pass. So it it's they're close, but just because they're close doesn't mean it's a good race. So I just saw a lot of wrecks, and that was that was about it. I was bored for yep. the whole hour and whatever I, I almost took a nap at a racetrack for the first time in my life and oh. and i'll say that uh, yeah. what do you think of jennifer
2: Joe Cobb up line? in that race oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i saw i Jeez. saw a tweet i saw a meme or whatever you remember how in cars were the like queens, like dodging through all the wrecks at the beginning of the movie and just like how jennifer yeah. joe called watch you oh
4: my god there was yeah. a thing on the radio if you were on the twitter during the race i think park clickerman he made it through the crash and he said on the radio and was like yay we missed it and then like two seconds later she comes in from like a hundred feet behind and just piles into him yep. after he had already missed the wreck.
1: Yeah
0: right. he's like so, yeah crash <laughs> so someone had said to me we were talking um during during this while I was at the racetrack because it was a it was a lengthy cleanup and everything and and they said what about those archer brakes from Jennifer Joe Cobb and I said she has brakes because cause she, she literally used the 75 to stop herself. I mean, she went in there. I don't think she lifted. She, she just was like, this is some days of thunder shit. I'm making it through. It was pathetic. And I think Colton said it in our group chat. She was the worst NASCAR driver ever. Um, yeah. And that might not be a fair uh, thing to say because she didn't Kevin LePage it, but she, she did pretty much cool. the same. She did really the reverse. She's the worst wreck Reconvoyer. Like that's the same thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. That
3: she, was... The reverse Kevin Challenge. Yep. So Kevin LePage went slow up into a pack. She went went super fast in cars. Yeah. (laughs) I see see why she did not get a cup license. That's right. Well, see,
0: I think that she's still stuck in 2003. She doesn't know that we don't race to the caution flag anymore.
4: (laughs) Dude, she tried to do the video game challenges, man. Wreck avoidance. Yeah. Yeah, There you go.
0: It was. It was terrible. She's, She's looking for a button somewhere.
2: Yeah. yeah. I wish, the, wish there was spotter communication of hers. I'd love to hear what that was.
0: Yeah. We need radioactive for, for that race.
2: Just, like, just hey, for that hey, one. Hey, 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 Jennifer, right? just send it. Just send it. Jennifer, yeah. just send it. I think <laughs> you can miss it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And <laughs> do you even see Parker's tweet? He's like, man, we could have made it through that if she had stopped a thousand feet earlier. <laughs> yeah. 18 <laughs> seconds. She
2: said. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, went 18, 18 seconds without so getting crashed and.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a long that's time like, too. That's like that's the what, reaction time of the fucking sloth on Zootopia. That's not acceptable. Yeah. You shouldn't be piloting a car if you're doing
1: that's,
4: that. That's an
0: eighteen <laughs> yard. that's 1800 yards. And that's eighteen hundred yards. Right. That's you can't do that. You can't do that. Anyways, that wasn't the biggest uh I guess controversy of the the race. Um it wasn't it was it was a pretty big great wreck, but uh I guess you guys alluded to it, Jared uh more specifically. The end of that race came down to uh, basically what turned out to be a green-white checkered, and that last lap was insane. Um, a very bludgeoned number 12 car, or truck, excuse me, from Tate Fogelman. Uh He just fucking center, and and uh, it worked. What do you guys think of that move by him? And uh, I guess John Hunter Nemechek not even caring, it seemed, in his post-race interview. Yeah.
2: I, th- I think it's gotten to the point where it's Talladega and every- I feel like everything's just free game on the last lap, as you've seen in all the areas. Like, they're, like it's rare that you get a last lap without a wreck. So, like, I feel like at that point, like, be a wreck, wrecked, be get wrecked, and you can't really get upset about it because you know it's probably going to happen. Like, even the drivers know, like, if you're oh, you're yeah. uh, you're like if you're leading and getting pushed by someone, like, yep, I'm either going to get dumped, wrecked, passed, I don't want to be leading. Because, like, like, they always say, like, you don't want to be leading on the last lap, and
1: that's yeah what I, thought it it
4: was, down I thought it was kind of interesting because you know it almost looked like one came down and one came up at the same time and they just they came together and i don't i don't know like i it's they didn't really give you a good replace so i think the fact that nema wasn't upset probably means that he knew that he tried to block a little bit and he didn't really yield at all so i don't know i think it's just talladega you know if you're what 200 yards from the line and somebody comes down and you're coming up cuz he bounced off the apron and he got a little bit loose. You're not going to lift. So I don't I don't know. Like it's just part of it. I don't I don't blame either guy for not lifting. So
2: it's, just it's, Talladega. It <laughs> it's it's Talladega. You see instances like 2008 with yeah. Talladega with Regan Smith and Tony Stewart that either happens or you have the 2009 Brad Kozlowski Carl Edwards. So it's basically like choose what you want to do. Like you want to get called okay, be yellow. Yeah, pick your poison something's going to happen regardless you're not just going to get a clean you're not going to get a clean last lap at talladega
3: yeah yeah and i think the nascar has kind of cleaned up on that yellow line rule um we saw it in the truck race to take fogelman kind of going below the yellow line but nascar kind of figured okay he was either kind of yeah. forced or he, he had to yeah um that kind of leads me back to the denny hamlin situation last year um, but John Hunter, not being mad in his interview really paints the picture for me that either a, he knew he probably wasn't clear. He didn't get cleared by a spotter and went down or just figured that Tate had enough of a run to kind of clip him that little bit. Um, if he would have been mad, I kind of would have looked at this seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times. Um, but the fact he wasn't mad, I watched the replay one more time and saw exactly what he thought. Um, so, I mean, all is fair. I didn't really think Tate came up on him. Mm-hmm. Um, at first when i saw it live I thought for sure Tate oh, yeah. absolutely trashed him that's uh, what i
0: thought from my seat as well yeah
3: I thought he completely dumped him had no regard um, and all honestly the bigger the bigger argument we could be having here is whoever he was fighting for the lead coming to the line that wrecked both the trucks um, i think that was more of a bigger dirty racing situation than the whole Jonathan her thing um, but I mean, and, th- and that's Talladega, right? Are you going to go below this line or are you going to hold your ground and throw someone in the catch fence like we saw?
0: Right. And the luxury that I had, I think that, that you guys that watched on TV didn't have was the fact that I didn't actually see any of the Fox interviews or the NBC interviews for the whole weekend. Um, our what camera and, and audio came from MRN. So in John Hunter, Nemechek's interview with MRN, he actually said that it was his fault that that whole thing happened. So it it was interesting to hear that on the MRN uh, interview from him that, you know, that was my bad. I shouldn't have turned down. I wasn't clear. So he, he 100% he wasn't mad because he did it. So I think that shows that maybe Tate Fogelman didn't really have much to do with that, other than the fact that he was there and he was going to go for it. Now, I think going for your first win is 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 fine. Um, and uh, I did want to say, apparently, uh, I set I set you guys off in our private chat when I said uh, you you guys uh, had the luxury of seeing the interviews on Fox. What uh, do what do you, you got to say about that, Colton? <laughs>
3: You are implying that we got any interviews after the race, sir. (laughs) You didn't get any. That's a bold statement. The the race ran over time, and as soon as Tate Fogelman crossed the line, I saw him slap the inside wall, and they cut the broadcast up to the booth and immediately cut it out to college football. We did not get anything after the race. They said, Tate Fogelman wins, and cut to whatever college football game was playing. Two unranked teams, by the way. I may not unranked. I mean
0: yeah. it's kind of like the All-Star, but not surprised, I guess. They did that at Martinsville. Yeah. So. We didn't get
3: we didn't get anything. I had to go can on see. Twitter
4: to look at John Hunter and Tate Fogelman's interviews. Wow. Yeah. Well, Y'all I mean, remember I mean, when Fox glitched out at the Martinsville race for Todd Yellen? Yeah. They missed the green white checker piece.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the best you, can one. Even, you can even go back to the All-Star race this year. they literally I remember watching that. I stayed up to watch that. Kyle Larson got interviewed on the front stretch. They interviewed because Golotsky, and they're like, "Hey, good job this season, guys." That's it. Yep. <laughs> like, basically
1: Jesus, like, yeah. basically,
3: we didn't get we didn't get anything.
0: Okay, so that, that that says a lot about Fox and whether or not they care for viewers. But um, with that, I guess let's let's roll into let's roll into the uh, the show Sunday. Uh, I'll come back to the Xfinity race right before we go to the Monday race, but we are going to talk about Sunday because we're going to talk about network because I have a self-implied conspiracy theory that we did not run that race because NBC had Sunday night football. Do you guys think that is a correct uh, assumption?
2: Yes. hundred percent. I think that's pretty much why. They didn't run it because NBC is like, well, we we got uh, we got uh, NFL on, we got a uh, Sunday Night in America pregame show tonight. So we can, we can't be having we can't be having NASCAR on while just watching them drive the track and anything. When in reality, it would probably be over before seven o'clock because it gets dark at the time. Seven o'clock, seven eight now, right? Heck, you could even move it to NBCSN like they normally would do for cup races, anyways, regardless. You know, like the Indianapolis of course, it was on big NBC, but since golf was on, they're like, oh, you're going to watch the rest of the race on NBCSN. So I don't see why they couldn't have done it on, tried to at least try to put it on. NBC for Ben, that if they absolutely had to throw back on NBC SN, because what, what's on NBC? I wonder, I don't even know what was on NBC SN at that time. Like, nobody cares because NBC's football, so everyone's probably watching that. And NBC SN's like, oh, we'll put right. on some podcast, Dan Patrick podcast show or something. I don't, I don't know. Right. Yeah.
0: So, uh, do you guys have anything to say? Because I got a lot to say.
4: Cool. Oh. Nate, you're mute. I uh, was saying uh, I don't have anything. I'm just going to let Alex go. Like he'll, he'll he'll get there. He'll get what we need. Cold?
3: No. I I mean I I could see it. I don't was the was the race on Sunday on NBC or was it on NBC? Yeah, it was on NBC. big NBC. It was NBC. Okay. So yeah, I could I could see that because they'd rather just cancel everything, move it to Monday when they know they'll get the ratings. They don't have Monday night football. Um they know they'll get the ratings on Monday. That they would make up for Sunday because everyone who's watching that race would tune out immediately as soon as they saw the jet dryers and go to whatever football game was on. Um, even though NBCSN doesn't necessarily have football, they know they lose their viewers anyway. Let's push it to Man, Monday. I don't care. Yeah, about that conspiracy.
0: Okay, okay. So I here's like, the I thing. I can't right. people at the track. Right. Okay. So I'm going to start off with the ratings thing. All right, because that's just a crock of bullshit. Because nobody watched that fucking race anyways. Point. Seven, seven million viewers watched that race. You know how ridiculously fucking low that is for a cup race, even on a Monday, especially for a Talladega race? We're talking about the last Gen 6 race on Super Speedways ever. We're not going to see this package again. This package we have been grooming for several years now, and it's perfect, and it put on a great show. We'll talk about that in a bit. But we're... We'll back up to Sunday because Sunday, yeah, you got football coming on. Like the guys have said before me, you probably would have got the race in before the football stuff. We knew we were going to be racing the halfway on Monday. On Sunday, if you were at the racetrack, you can probably attest to this. The radar looked good. We were not going to get any more rain, and the track dried. Uh, We stayed probably 45 minutes to an hour after – the race was canceled. The track by, dried by itself, except for uh, between the Geico restart zone and the other Geico um, emblem on the other side of the um, tri-oval. So probably about a 700, 800-foot region of the tri and then pit road. If you'd have put power with the Air Titans and the jet dryers on, that track would have been bone dry in less than 20 minutes. You would have had time to run an 188-lap race that night, barring red flags, and you would definitely have gotten past halfway even with red flags because we weren't going to get rain that night. We didn't get rain until after sunset. I think it was around midnight Eastern, so 11 p.m. We wouldn't have been on the track anyways. I don't know what the hell your problem is, but you ruined a lot of trips for a lot of people who spent a lot of their hard-earned money to come watch a cup race just because people on TV who weren't going to watch because they were at work at Monday were going to miss Sunday night football. Fuck you, NBC. That's all I got to say.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I second. That. if they had let it play out, we at least would have seen like an Eric Amarola-Loudon situation. Um, where you yeah. had this this great anticipation towards oh when's the darkness gonna come? Um, I would have rather have seen that than to have missed the race because I'm at work on Monday.
4: Yeah, and obviously, right. I, I don't like the idea that they put the ratings before the people at the track because you know I've been part of this at Daytona. It happens every single year. I go to Summer Daytona instead of just running the race after a half hour delay they choose no we're going to put it the next day because it's better ratings it's like i don't care i'd rather watch a race at the track at two in the morning than i would to come back the next day
0: it's not like yeah. they haven't done that before they did that with the southern 500 when they had that hurricane on the way yeah exactly well, they, well, do what do is your point all the time? you got you got 0. 0.77 million viewers that's less than a million how do you do that for a Talladega
1: race? It
2: just, shows, it just shows the lack of consistency and communication from race control, the television networks, because, like, kind of like what Colton said, you know, you could have had an Eric Elmore-Loudon situation, you know? Like, why why couldn't have we have done that if it was that drive? Because, like, literally they called it so early. What time did they call it? Was, what time was it that they called Yo, it? It was
0: know? early. It was, like, 4 p.m yeah
2: so like we've had how many races
0: hours until sundown.
2: how many races have we had in the past where they will literally let's say the race starts at two or three and we we don't find out until like seven o'clock like oh we lost it we'll come back again tomorrow like they call it like super fast and like even like the coda race when Chase Alley was leading it's like oh we'll call it even though there's still a break when they could have gotten in or and loud and like, yeah oh, we'll we'll just let we'll just let it go. We're not gonna we're not gonna hold off on anything or push it. We're gonna try drive this track and then make the race till dark. You know, it just shows how much inconsistency it is with that. And like even like not even weather, or darkness related ever too. Like just the race control itself has been so inconsistent because we can we could have a whole episode on inconsistent calls this season with NASCAR. So I think race control needs. I don't. I don't even know what they need at this point because it's so bad right now. I
1: don't think they can, need a clean
4: house. <laughs> yeah. They need David. Who me and my dad up there? I mean, they Hoots was not part of that up either? So there were a lot of problems back then too. Mm-hmm.
2: So it just basically just shows like that was a prime example of lack of consistency when it comes to this. And like I, I get, it. I get, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can get the ratings forever, but I feel like it's especially Talladega. It's more important for the fans at the track than it is like people. Yeah and if they're going to try to get into this like big streaming stuff whatever in the future like why don't you just make it better for the fans at the track because those are your loyal fans those are your fans that are going to continue to watch rather than people who can just stream it later or whatever you know what i mean so i feel yeah. like at the track fans are a lot more important than your
1: yeah, of your
2: viewership afterwards so obviously you can watch rewatch the race somehow yeah. or whatever you can watch highlights recaps like it's the internet you can definitely find some sort of illegal website where you could watch watch the whole race without paying or whatever so i think you need to really push to help make the satisfy the fans at the track rather than the fans watching from home like that's more important i'd rather you guys have a good experience than right. us be like oh man i can't i can't watch the race because football is on i have to watch, i have to watch football and guess what if you're a big enough nascar fan you're going to watch nascar regardless of what else is on you know like i obviously would watch the i would have watched Talladega. i know it wouldn't overlap the football game but like i would rather watch nascar over whatever the sunday game was yeah yeah i
3: agree completely Um, I think there's a couple things you have to factor in here. One is when I was a kid, um, I distinctly remember there being pre-race coverage of the fact that rain was going to interfere with this race. Mm -hmm. Um, they started the race anyway, knowing that rain was going to come just to know that the drivers are racing to halfway. They talked about it immensely. Why did we not do that here? Knowing that, Hey, it's raining right now, but there's a huge window. We can get this race in instead of immediately just push it back to Monday. Um, we didn't see the coverage on, but a half hour, maybe a little bit more after what the green, lot, green flag was supposed to fall that they immediately cut it out and said, screw it. We're going to Monday. Um, I, I don't like that. I'd rather sit around and watch rain delay coverage for three hours, whatever they're slotted four hours, than just immediately cut out and say, okay, screw it. And then see pictures of no rain at the track, a dry racetrack. Um, you also have to think about, um, the fans at the track and the broadcast audience you already have on hand versus what you're going to get on Monday at the track and on the broadcast. Um, Like you guys mentioned, I can watch the race replays anywhere. On YouTube, NASCAR will post it almost immediately after the race. Um, But, I mean, if you take out, let's let's say there were 90,000 fans in the stands, right? Um, You're going to take that 90,000. You're going to add it to whatever viewers you had Sunday. That's your total viewership. If you're going to take... 10,000 maybe on Monday and then add it to the 700 some odd thousand on Monday that watched it live. We're still under IndyCar numbers here. IndyCar gets yeah. 900,000 people a week, over a million most weeks. Um, that's that's not the best look, even for the network. You got to think that you, you'd rather broadcast to as many people as possible, stick that rain delay out for an hour and then go from there. Even if football's on.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to touch up real quick, piggyback off what you're saying, Colton. I actually really enjoyed the, some of the rain delay coverage this week because they re-showed the uh, 2001 EA Sports 500, and it was actually pretty cool because Jeff Burton and Dale Jr. just basically did like a play-by-play with their last couple laps or whatever, and it was kind of kind of cool at the end. It's like, oh, Jeff Burton went with me at the end. and They were all like hyped up about that, and I'm glad they actually like listened to the fans in some sort of way because I've always been a big thing like if you're gonna show an old race while you have that rain delay i think why would you show the one from the previous year because that's just gonna confuse so many people with things you need to do something where you're at least 10 plus years or something yeah rather than like last year because i remember like last year one of the rain delay coverages when like jimmy johnson was like oh jimmy johnson's back this year no it's it's last year's but you know i mean so like if you, you play an old race like that from like 10 years ago or something or like, I wish at New Hampshire they would have showed, like, an old race, the, like, 2007 or something, with Denny Hamlin and Jeff Gordon's yeah. close finish You know, like, show an older race just to, like, you know, the older fans watching, you know, like us now, like, give us that little nostalgic feel. Like, hey, that's right. I remember that race. That was pretty cool. And then, you, heck, you could even, like, show an old race and be like, wow, look how packed those stands are, you know, and maybe, yeah. we, should get, maybe we should get a NASCAR or something, you know. But that's just my two cents on that.
0: Yeah, and about the pack stands, um, this is the first full Talladega race since we've been back from COVID. Um, there was over 100,000 people in attendance. Um, I believe and it. There yep. was, was 30,000 people maybe by my estimate, just by you know my eye power. Mm-hmm. And that's being very generous on Monday. I mean, I feel for the people that, that, that knew, like me, going home on Sunday, that they're there was no reason for us not to have a race that day because they spent their hard-earned money. Uh, My dad met some fans from, from Maryland that had driven down. Um, There were plenty of people that flew down to go to this race and, and had to pack it up and go and, and go home. I mean, why are we doing this to our, our fans at the track? Because I do not care what happens on TV ratings wise, because at a sport level, we can't make new fans or keep fans if they are not happy when they spend their money on the product and you're not really spending money on the product because it's a part of your cable package you're spending money because you went to this track you expected to have a race the electricity in the air was phenomenal pre-race and up until the point where they called it it went from being very very hopeful extremely negative i'm sure that nascar lost thousands if not tens of thousands of fans permanently because of one decision that they made at the track and like colton was saying yeah those guys are going to watch the race anyways on monday because they were going to be at the racetrack but they couldn't be there because of work on monday but now they're not going to watch the rest of the season and maybe never again what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, and I've been in that rainout situation. The only Talladega race I've been to, we drove 24 hours to Talladega from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, We left here at 8.30 in the morning, Cheyenne time. Got there at 9.30 in the morning, the very next day, Alabama time. Um, And then we got a rainout. I got to see the first stage, and then I had to listen to my favorite driver win the race on Monday as we were driving through Kansas City. It sucked. It was horrible. Hated it. I wish they would have tried their damnedest to get that race in.
0: Yeah, but there's a big but there, Colton, because but. I think I was I was at that race, too. I think we both saw one of, if not the greatest, Gen 6 races of all time up until lap 86 yep. when they called that race and said, we're going to run the rest of the race on Monday. So yep. at least we got to see Green Flag Racing, which we didn't see any of this Sunday. And, and that's, that's pathetic, honestly. Looking at the radar, watching the track dry with my own eyes in front of me within 45 minutes to an hour, why? Why? What are we doing? We're, uh, you are asking for fans to leave if you don't give fans a product, and right. we've been doing that since two thousand four. And you can, you can, you can, you can be out there and you can be on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and you can defend NASCAR for these kinds of decisions. But you're part of the problem too. If you if you are passionate about this sport like the four of us are, you're going to criticize the hell out of them because they're killing it.
2: They can do better. They know how to – they they should know how to handle, like, weather and watching the radar and stuff. But, like, I guess, as they said, New Hampshire, you know, they are up in the box or whatever, you know. It might be tinted, so they can't really see what's going on, so they just make a guesstimate call on what they think is appropriate for them. It benefits them more than it benefits the fans at the track. You know, you, sent, you in send – you send short term, up? yeah. Yeah. The... In the short, yeah, short term, yeah. And, like, you know, you like you were saying, Alex, like, you know, you send people home, like – for month that's move to a Monday race, like I feel like you absolutely have to try to get that in Sunday because, like, either you do, uh, how many more situations are there that like, Colton, you know, like how many people drive from there's a lot, there's a, so lot. there's a lot of that. Like, I know, like, I think Dakota didn't get to go, go to the race Monday, like, uh,
1: Coke, he, Coke didn't either. Dalton
2: Dalton had Dalton had leave. LTC I'm crew, I'm sure, if Rattlesnake <laughs> stayed or not, uh, mm-hmm.
1: no, yeah, um, so yeah, you
0: know, pretty much every, everybody that we hung out with. On, on Sunday, didn't get to stay. Um, mm-hmm. I did meet the iceberg there, but, I mean,
4: that, that was it. Yeah, and I've Shitty. been in this. I, I've been in that situation before. Um, the 2020 Daytona 500. Um, we, my mom and I went to that race. We did not have plans for Monday. Like, I had school, she had work. We did not think in advance of getting that day off. And I remember when it got rained out, if, if it was rained out, if they had put it Monday at 4.30, or not 4.30, if they put it in the middle of the day, I could have stayed. But they put it at 4.30, so I wouldn't have been home until, like, Tuesday morning. And I remember walking out the gates saying, I guarantee you that Denny Hamlin is winning this race, because I'm not going to be there. And sure enough, look what happened. Like, yep. I've never been so right about I mean, I saw him win the year before in person, so I, I can't complain, but I, that was such a blur. I wish I actually got to see him win again in person because I would have actually celebrated it. And ever since then, like I've been really like hyper worried. You know, like I've got like backup plans on backup plans to the point where I'm like, I have to have the next day off. I have to have, like, I have to have nothing to do the day after that in case it's Tuesday. And like, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm. It scares me to death. Like, I don't want to have to ever have that experience again because everyone who's had it does not want
3: it again. Yeah. And I, I think it's pretty much an unwritten rule in NASCAR that if you're a fan and you have to leave the track because of a rain delay, um, the very next day, your favorite driver is going to win because that's happening. Yeah, exactly. yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, I don't know. This is a situation that com- has come up quite a few times, obviously in the history of NASCAR, but I think only in the last two or three years have we had the problem of not even trying or or it or it being a late race restart like with Nathan um with the four four thirty start in, in Michigan. I think it was twenty nineteen or twenty twenty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was at at five PM on a Monday. I'm sorry, There's no, no. Like right. I I don't I You know what? Let's move on. The Xfinity race on Saturday uh, was a hell of a race. I thought it was going to be the race of the weekend before Monday happened. I was really scared that it was going to be the race of the weekend because for some reason, the series that put on shitty Speedway races, they came out to fucking play. I mean, that was a hell of a race. What did you guys see from home?
2: The Xfinity series is basically the premier series of NASCAR. I always that's what I say every single week and it just seems every single week they always put on a really good show like I'll even backtrack kind of off topic but the Xfinity race at Bristol was probably one of the best like Xfinity races I've ever seen, especially live like that was honestly probably one of the best like live races I've ever seen just based off how that last lap ended up happening and everything but just goes to show like the Xfinity series guys like they they're, they uh, they're definitely one of the better, that's probably the best series this season in terms of racing wise. Yeah, yeah um,
4: I, I guess like like you guys were saying about the extended race, I thought it was good. Um, I do wish it ended under green because I think it would have been a crazy finish. There were so a, a bunch of good cars left. Um, I thought the crashes would have taken out more cars, but it seems like every crash they had only took out like three or four guys. So I think had we gotten a finish, it probably would have gone out
1: of the wire
3: again yeah yeah i've been saying it for a few months now that xfinity is what i consider to be the premier series in nascar um i think they should run those races on sunday and run the cup races on saturday just how it mm-hmm. is before, right that's,
2: that's just run the faster I don't, cars i, I don't disagree it.
3: i just think it's the shittiest opinion you, you could
0: have because that's not something that we, we shouldn't, shouldn't have to have it. this opinion right we shouldn't that's, have
3: to have it but right. in terms of entertainment value of NASCAR, wants entertainment, but the Xfinity races on Sunday.
2: Hey, heck! Even on Twitter, how many time, how many weekends are there where people are complaining about the Xfinity race? How many complaints oh, man. do you ever? How many complaints do you ever see about the Xfinity besides I mean, like besides Kyle Busch winning? Let's take that out. Like besides right. yeah. that, I mean, what, stuff what
0: like this weekend we when out? it ended under darkness, the anomalies is when you get complaints right um and that's that's something i didn't want to say i mean the finish of this race was was polarizing in very many ways i mean at, at least three i'm i'm sure we'll talk about two of them uh but first on and for, foremost um the darkness um I, I know we got we we got a topic that we want to talk about with that um so i'm going to say it uh, just like i said about sunday night's race we could have ended this race probably we only have what 15 laps to go if they went restart there so we could have ended this race in my opinion i i get it they they they, the biggest thing for me though is that they ran around eight times under caution trying to decide whether or not they wanted to finish that race and i wish they would not have done that and they would just said you know the third or fourth lap of that caution period all right guys one more restart we're going to try and go the distance but the next caution flag will end the race or they could have said green white checkered we're done that's it. One more attempt. They could have done either of those situations and ended under green and it would have been a better finish. Um, so I don't know. Do you guys agree with that opinion or um, are you fine with them running, running it out like they did?
1: I agree I'm not with fine you. with that. I, I want agree. a
4: green flag finish. And I think that wasting laps under caution, like if you don't want to run the race, then just don't run the race. Like you don't have to waste eight laps under caution. That's 16 the minutes of sunlight, by the way. Yeah. That,
2: could, that could be a race right there. Yeah, like, you don't need to do so many pace laps. Like, unless there's, like, a lot of stuff to clean up or whatever, if they're trying to decide that, just do, like, two. Just let them go. Just let them race. It's Talladega. day. They're going to be fast enough for how much you said 15 minutes that they wasted there. You could probably get in at least 10 laps or so if it's a clean, like, restart. I think the drivers realize, like, hey, let's try to race clean until, like, the last lap, the last couple laps, just so you get a green flag finish or somewhere relatively close to that, you know, like, let's not waste time. Because even, like, at New Hampshire, they were saying, like, oh, we'll race, till, we'll race till dark, or if necessary, we'll just, if there's a caution, it's just going to be green, white, checkered. Like, it's not that, not that complicated. And that goes back to the point that I made with inconsistency. Like, why they were thinking of that in New Hampshire, why weren't they thinking of that at Talladega? You know, it's like you have a kid running that that has no clue what they're trying to do up
4: there yeah and honestly another fun part is i was in a discord server like people i've known from like two or three years now and one guy in there Keon, said like whoever's idea to start that race at 4 30 is stupid like, he just said that five minutes ago and i'm like yeah i agree like why would you start a race at 4 30.
2: yeah what no time was tr- what time was the truck race start uh, the truck
0: race started at time? one 30? It was, it yeah. was ridiculous. Why, they could have started both know? of those why, races earlier.
2: Why didn't they, don't they, they it do it at like noon. noon? I
0: mean,
1: they, they know there's going
2: to be red flags. Noon. Noon clock for the truck or truck race, and then 3.30 for the Xfinity race. It's not that complicated. You wouldn't think, but...
1: Yeah.
2: I, um, gu- I guess when it comes to NASCAR, if it's like... Simple or whatever, you can't be doing that. Or if it's logical, can't do yeah. that. Yeah. Let's make. You have it to make it like
4: unnecessarily complicated. Yeah. Right.
0: So yeah. I think there's there's another conversation that comes from this, and I think Colton's going to lead us off into that.
3: Well, you got a hint at it because I might. Shit. Oh yeah. So lights, lights are lights are a big issue. Um, I, I, this could have been solved with two things. One, starting earlier um you definitely could have started that truck race a bit earlier um i i tuned on at 12 o'clock my time mountain time which is two o'clock eastern there's no reason we should be starting the first race of the day of a double header at two o'clock eastern right especially at an alabama track um where it's known for red flags long cautions etc um this brings me back to a point i made earlier about david hoops he, he didn't get the lineup always right. It kind of took him a while to get that a little bit. Um, but he always had a sense of urgency under caution to hurry up the cautions, to get them going, not only for the people watching on TV, for, but for the people in the stands. At like Coda earlier this year, remember we had that like 40-minute caution flag run where we just saw cars doing laps for like over half an hour? Um, we, we need to fix that. Um, right. Hurry up, get the cars off. Um, and even saw it on uh, Monday with the cup race. Where with one to go, everyone pitted and they extended the caution, right? No, screw that. Everyone pitted, let them figure it out, right? They know what they're doing. It's a two and a half, over a two and a half mile track. They can get that back to the pace car and at least somewhat squared away before that green flag flies. Um, We don't need to keep tacking laps on for unnecessary reasons here. Um, That's really what killed this race was the super long caution of them deciding what they were going to do. Instead of them just saying, hey, all right, green, white, checkered, we're going to cancel these least 10 laps, go for it. Um, I think we would have seen a hell of a finish had that happened.
0: Yeah, and then another thing uh, I was trying to hint at was, was just the fact that we don't have lights here. Uh, they spent $50 million on that garage that they're not going to use because they don't practice anymore. So uh, that's a different argument for a different you know day, but they can put – 20 35 million dollars in lights and light this whole thing up with leds and we don't have any of these problems now i know there's traditionalists that don't think that lights should be a part of talladega but for me uh this opens up a triple header weekend for both the you know the the spring and the fall race and having one of these races on saturday being finished under dark so that we don't have to end the xfinity race early. now i don't want to have a cup race at talladega naturally start at 7 p.m. Right. I want them to start them around 12, and if we've got rain, we've got lights uh, just for that, you know, kind of just as a a, a safety net. But, you know, traditionalists in me would would not want us to finish under under the lights at at Talladega. So um, I think everybody's kind of uh, either one way or the other on the lights, but obviously that would have helped.
2: So... My two cents um, for lights. My two cents for lights real quick. I feel like if you're gonna ha- host a playoff race, I think if the playoffs are as important as they're trying to push, I think you need to push to get every single possible lap that you can there. And there's only one track out of the last 10 races that does not have lights and that is Talladega. Talladega is the only track in the playoffs that does not have lights. So I think, yeah, they spent $50 million on all the renovations that didn't even really matter because of COVID and they didn't have the cup cars in the garage or anything. So why not spend some money and get some lights for just in case
1: because mm-hmm.
2: really i feel like every track should have lights at least you know like there's no reason like doper show doesn't have lights or new hampshire doesn't have lights and uh, like i said if you're going to host a playoff race you might you, you should have lights because if the playoffs are so important then we need to make it important to try to get it done like get the race in
0: Right, and we're going down to two night races next year, which I think we can all agree with. Uh, I know, Colton, uh, you're, you're definitely like me, and you want to have these Sunday afternoon races. But if the threat of rain comes, if you've got lights, we don't have to worry about it, and that's that's my main concern. Yeah. Uh, but threat of rain did come. They decided not to use the whole open window of a dry tracker that they were going to have until sundown on Sunday, and they ran the race on Monday. Um, first off and foremost, um, 117 laps I think we completed. What did you guys think of those 117
4: laps? I thought they were pretty good. Um, they weren't bad. They weren't perfect, but they were they were pretty decent either
2: way. Yeah, I agree with that. It was pretty good. Pretty good racing up until that point, and it was really disappointing that it ended the way it did. But we already talked about that. Basically,
3: I got beef. It was a Monday race. I clock out for lunch. I get a half hour lunch at my work. I clock out, I flip on the race. And the first thing I see is Kyle Larson blow a tire, head into the outside wall, throw a caution. And we were under a rain delay for about 20, 25 minutes, however long my lunch break was. Because as soon as I clocked back in and set my phone in my locker, I saw drivers strapping back into the cars. So I didn't see any of that race. Literally all I saw was a rain delay. For the half hour that I had lunch, and of course it works out that way because I'm a NASCAR fan. But man, I yeah. was so mad!
0: Oh man! Oh yeah, I could. I mean, I could totally get why you would have been mad. That makes perfect sense. But uh, I, another thing you were talking about was was the caution laps and so stuff. We had a lot of caution laps on Sunday too, kind of extend the race a little bit longer, uh, I guess, time wise than we could have. I mean, we could have, we could have what you were talking about with hoots and and, and condensing these cautions, we could have seen the end of stage two and the beginning of stage three had we not wasted so much time on the caution, in my opinion. And that could have have created a totally different situation at the end of this race. And so let's go ahead and get into the controversy of it. Bubba Wallace, with a historic record-breaking, as we talked about earlier for McDonald's, win, um, also – since 1954 was the first time that the 23 car had been in victory lane, and of course, since Wendell Scott, he's the first guy of uh, African descent to win a race, and that's a big that's a big thing. But this controversy comes down with the fact that it was a rain shortened race. So, what do you guys think about these people that are discrediting Bubba Wallace
4: because it was a rain shortened victory? Um, you know, I don't really think it's a fake win he couldn't really do anything about it. Nobody wants to win a race under Ray Jordan, Like nobody wants to win that way. So obviously you can't really fault the guy for, for just being, I guess the victim of circumstance, if you will, you know, he was leading the race and started raining. So there's nothing he could have really done about that. I'm sure if you asked every driver in the field, they probably would have, um, they probably would say they want to win a race the normal way. Right. So I don't believe that, you should discredit the Rain Jordan wins because they have nothing to do with the driver. They don't like they. I'm not saying that they have nothing to do with the, the fault. Like there's no one's fault. Like they shouldn't be to blame for for it. Like it's not. You can't just say, oh, you know, that's bad because he won a Rain Jordan race. It's like, well, he didn't control the rain. Like there's nothing he could do about it. So you know, like this happens a lot. Dale Junior's final win. Rain Jordan. Clint Boyer's final win, rain shortened. Um, Chris Buescher's first win, rain shortened. Justin Haley, rain shortened win. All these things happen, and you know, I don't think they should be discredited because they're, you know, they're they're outside of people's control. So why fault the person who won the race? over was something that they cannot control.
2: It's kind of like a don't hate the player, hate the game type deal. You know, right, like, like he he plays, with he, right. he, he did, he did it. He did what he had to do, and so happened it was a rain shortened race. So, you know, like he was there, and you're like you can't really discredit him because he did everything by the rules, right?
1: And yeah, like, look, I fault, right?
2: and I think he's getting more of this discredited thing just because of who he is. You know, like no one had a, I don't think there was a single person that had an issue with Chase Elliott winning the rain shortened race at Coda earlier this year. I didn't like yeah.
4: that idea. But...
2: Yeah, but like, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, I think it's just like bias type of deals. You know, if it was mm-hmm. someone else who won the rain shortened race, there would not be as many comments like, oh, he didn't earn that win. Like, if, yeah, uh, it like, was the like, like, yeah, Brad, if Brad Kozlowski would have won, he would have been like, oh, cool, Brad Kozlowski won, and they moved on with their day. But no, since it was Bubba Wallace, you're like, oh, let's start up, let's stir the pot of controversy today and mm-hmm. just make a lot of people mad here on social media. Yeah,
3: no, I agree. And It splits into two platforms for me. So on Twitter, most of the drama that I saw outside of Jason Beam and Beam Designs, um, F that guy, um, was people complaining that haters were going to hate and complaining that there was going to be drama. There wasn't as much on Twitter as I thought there was going to be, to be honest. Um, Yeah, I didn't see it. It was calm on Twitter. Um, On Facebook, however, if you guys log on to any NASCAR page, holy crap. Disgusting. Um, I saw people saying this win doesn't count, yada, yada, yada. It went, the whole narrative went from last year being, I'm not watching, he's never going to get a win, to this is the only win he's going to get from those same people who said they were never watching NASCAR again. So I don't really get that. Um, yeah. If I say I'm never going to watch something again, I probably wouldn't. Um, it, it's It's just gross. I mean, I saw a lot of people trying to discredit, and I've argued with dozens of them. Trying to figure out exactly where they stand. Okay, well, you're upset with Bubba getting this range shortened win. Why weren't you upset with Junior or Chase Elliott or Justin Haley, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? And it's oh, because they earned it. You're really gonna tell me Justin Haley earned that win and Bubba Wallace didn't, coming from twenty something to first in a few laps. You're right. I mean, there's there's words for those people, and Facebook is a, a completely different breed. We all know it's a completely different demographic. Um they really just don't want to see any minority winning in NASCAR other than Kyle Larson. And it's not even for the right reasons. Um, right. so stay moral of the story here. Is stay away from NASCAR Facebook. Um, I'm stoked about the win. I'm not a Bubba fan, but I'm a Bubba supporter. Like he's one of the guys that if he wins, I'm not really going to be mad about it. I'm going to kind of, Oh yeah, cool. woohoo. Um, I'd much rather have seen Blaney get that Wayne Sh- Raiden Shorten win. Um, but it, it is what it is. Um, this has happened dozens of times in NASCAR history. Dozens of drivers have gotten their first win in rain shortened races. Um, I think of Joey Logano, Ryan Newman, um, most recently Justin Haley. Tons of guys have done it. Why is this one an issue? I, I, I really don't get it. And I've heard the conspiracies. The funniest comment I've ever seen in my life was that some lady said NASCAR came over the radio and told drivers to wreck as soon as Bubba got the lead so they could throw the caution. She was dead serious about this. And I sent it to you guys in the group chat, and it was the funniest thing I've ever said or I've ever seen that NASCAR would actually say something like that.
0: Yeah, and I don't think, you know, you, you weren't wrong. Uh, basically, uh, what you, first part of your point was that nobody has the the stuff that, that he was talking about last year, the compassion, the love, and the understanding. They don't care because of the color of his skin. We've talked about that with a couple of guests on here. Uh, Well, we'll we'll always talk about that because we don't we don't fucking accept that. I'm sorry. I don't I don't accept the racism. I don't accept the prejudice. I don't Um, if we ever, you know, have an openly gay driver or, you know, the 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 women drivers that come up transgender, whatever. If you don't like them because they're different, fuck you. And that's all I'm going to say. Right. But when it comes to this win being different than the other ones, I think they're right. They are different than some of the other ones. I look specifically at Chris Buescher and I look at Justin Haley. Those were two strategy calls. There's a lot of people that say that strategy calls don't really win races uh, because they didn't do it under their own might. Even the Coke 600 that, that, that uh, Austin Dillon won, debatable of whether or not he won that because this, that, or the other, or the Texas race with him, you know, that's, that's, that's a whole subset, but this problem that I've had with them saying that this is not a real win because it's a rain short race is exactly what Colton said. He came from 23rd to 1st in three laps to win that race. Everyone knew the rain was coming. They were racing to the stage end as well, by the way. There were three laps from the stage end when the race ended. Um, and everyone was racing full tilt for that win. Because they knew the rain was coming. So just shut up, man. Bubba earned that more so than those other guys that you said. I'm I'm sorry. I'm
4: going to be fair to all the rain winners here. I think they all fall under the same category. Even the strategy ones. Because, you know, you still have... Those guys took gambles that nobody else was willing to take. So I don't think it's fair to say that this rain winner earned it more than that rain winner. Like, they all earned it. Like they, they, It's not their fault. They just... they. They took advantage of circumstances,
0: you know. And I agree with that. I'm just using their logic against them because yeah. in this situation, Bubba clearly earned it more than them using the logic of the rain race and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, even, like, Justin Haley's win last year. If that like It's not like you can't really say that he didn't earn his because he, I'm pretty sure, I think, what was it, Kurt Bush or something, pitted and all those guys decided to pit because they were told on the radio, like, oh, we might go back green and then – he stayed out, can gamble, and it right. ended up getting Justin Haley the win, and kind of screwing those guys like Kurt Busch that pitted, because they thought like, oh, we might actually get back on for a couple laps or something, but it didn't happen. So to say that like Bubba didn't earn it compared to like, and then saying like Justin Haley earned his win, like you can't really, you're know, like contradicting yourself on that. You just you have to look at like what's happened before all that transpired, you know. That's the point I'm trying to make with that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there was a great point brought up, too, by uh by Chad in the fact that Bubba doesn't have a JGR car. He has a second-tier JGR car. That's the 95 mm-hmm. car. That's all it's ever going to be um, because it's the second-tier Toyota car. Toyota is going to dump all their money into JGR. They're not going to give Bubba the equipment. So if you want to get out and say, oh, he hasn't had the speed all year, well, no shit, right? Like, yep. Yeah frr doesn't have the speed that penske has because they're the second tier third tier ford camp um they're not the top tier i think bubba could do a hell of a lot better in top tier equipment i think if there was a way to level it out kind of like they're trying to do with this next gen car you probably see him run up front a lot more he ran up front quite a bit during not only the plate races um but i think back to even the roval um not the roval the daytona road course um, where he was running in the top 10 all day until he got taken That'd out be. super late in the race. That's why right? Phoenix, right? Cause he's not like a road.
4: <clears throat> was another one. Um, right.
1: I mean, like I look
3: at
4: it like, or I look at it, I think they will get better. Kurt Busch is coming there next year, money sponsorship. They're too good of a team to get bad cars for that long. And I don't think they are bad cars. I think they're just not as good as what people think they are. Right. And I think he's still, he's got a, he's got a long way to go as a driver. Um, you look at his, you know, periphery stats from motorsport analytics, and he's considered a raw driver, if you will. Like, that's the term they you used to He's very good at tracks where you can, quote unquote, get on the wheel and just drag a car. Like Atlanta, he, that was his best mile and a half this year. Um, all the shorter, flatter tracks he seems to do all right at. Um, super speedways he does all right at. You know, the only tracks where they aren't as good are the ones where the car can really ruin you, um, like a mile and a half. You know, like tracks where less is more from a driving standpoint. So I think once he gets better on road courses and once, once they sort it out about mile-and-a-half tracks, and tracks where the driver doesn't have to worry as much as the team does, then they'll probably be like a top 15 threat in most weeks.
0: So, yeah. The, the thing is, though, I, I think it's a little bit disrespectful um, not, I mean, the obvious disrespect in the room, but to say this win was not earned is disrespectful for, for this team and honestly for the sport. So when you have Bubba Wallace coming into this new team that's formed by a current cup driver that's a Hall of Fame driver in the future and arguably a GOAT of the NBA forming a team, this is kind of NASCAR's PR baby to a point i mean this is this is the most looked at team the most scrutinized team of 2021 in my opinion and to disservice the fact that they worked hard to get there to give bubba that car and bubba went out there and drove his ass off to win this race is 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 a little bit ridiculous and i think that's going to be uh my final point it's just this is good for the sport why are you complaining michael jordan put money in it um, you got McDonald's coming on as a sponsor, DraftKings, the other ones that we talked about. There's a lot of money going into this team, and NASCAR is going to make a lot of money from it. And the more money that they get, the more content that we do. So just calm down. Deal with the fact that a person who doesn't have the same skin color as you won a race and, and, and come back next week. Um, grow up, uh, I guess, and uh, that's it. Uh, so I'll go ahead and wrap this up and say thank you for watching. And, you know, if you're watching here on Twitter, you know. But if you don't, know, uh, our Fan Fuel MSM uh, Twitter handle is capital F, capital F, capital MSM. Go ahead. Follow us there. Leave a comment to, to any of these things that we're putting out. You know, come talk to us uh, in direct messages and stuff. And then we've also got a website. I don't know if you've heard us talk about it every single week of the show that we've had it on. Uh, FanFuelMotorsports.com and it, it's, it's where you guys are uh, allowed to, to come on and kind of send us some content so that we can put it out there uh, by the fans, for the fans, the whole Fan Fuel mantra. We want you guys to fuel that, talk about motorsport. So I'd love for you to help us out. You can do that by emailing us at fanfuelpodcast at gmail.com or direct messaging on, us on Twitter. And also our, twin, our pin tweet has a form that you can fill out with your content. And send it to us at that email at FanFuelMotorsports, or excuse me, FanFuelPodcast at gmail.com. But before we go, uh, I think some of us have a little bit of announcements. Uh, oh, for we yes. yeah.
2: all, all right. So we've basically, as Alex just hit us up with our PR stuff for FanFuelMotorsports.com, obviously, we like to share a bunch of different stories Within the motorsports industry, and this kind of all came together today. I just was a simple like random DM message, and we kind of got the ball rolling on this one. So, uh, something in the NASCAR industry, you know, you have how do the cars get to the track? Well, there's haulers to transport the cars, and we might be having a special guest. It is a Cup Series hauler driver i have been messaging on and he is 100 percent down with us to go on the show and we will give you guys all a broader insight on what goes on throughout the the, that that part of the sport you know like i this is something like i'm kind of curious on you know like what's uh what's a weekly routine for these guys you know like they they travel a lot more than like what the drivers do. Cause you know, I'm sure the drivers take like their private jets or whatever to the racetracks. And you got these guys going all across the country, you know? So there's some big things we can look at. Like how are they going to, how are they going to handle going from North Carolina, the whole way to Los Angeles and then come back and then go down South to Daytona. And like, what just something where we can get a better insight on that. Cause that's something I'm kind of curious on. I'm sure a lot of you guys are, and I'm super excited for it. I'm not going to name who it is, but definitely check out the Fan Fuel Motorsports Twitter page. Maybe we'll drop some hints and teasers with it, but definitely we're going to shoot for next Wednesday about the same time and hopefully give you guys a good show. I'm really super interested. I'm going to be learning the whole time, as will these guys, I'm sure. So it'll definitely be an interesting, interesting episode if this all goes through. But like I said, he he messaged me. He said he's 100% down. Just let him know day and time, and we're we're ready.
1: Yeah,
0: and um, so with that, I'll add on just a little bit of a sneak teaser. We'll probably, as it's more finalized, get to you. But uh, this is going to be a cup driver who drives for a car that might have the colors blue, white and yellow on it. So I'll let you guys kind of use your imagination for that. We'll tease some more stuff on Twitter and um, we'll figure it out uh, along the way. Uh, So let's see if you can guess it before we drop who we're going to have on the show next weekend, or excuse me, next Wednesday. Uh, But Until then, thanks for listening to us on Apple podcasts or Spotify Uh, and go ahead and share with your friends uh, that we're going to have a big name hauler driver on next wednesday and um peace out we'll see you next week thanks for watching as always